Hey, Redline Radio listeners, you can find us every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Listen up, we've got some tea, and you all are going to be obsessed. We spoke with the Abercrombie team, and they told us that they were going to launch a wedding shop. Well, we lost it, because as you know, we are both getting ready to get Abercrombie and hitched. The whole vibe of Abercrombie these days is clothes you'd wear for a perfect long weekend, and all their customers were like, hey, we spend long weekends traveling for weddings these days, and then Abercrombie was like, we love that. Let us just give you everything you could ever possibly want and love to wear for all things wedding. So they did. It has everything. Tons of dresses, jumpsuits, pants, swimsuits, pajamas, pantsuits, and all perfectly curated for different events, bachelorettes, brunches, showers, ceremonies as a guest and ceremonies as a bride, reception, and even honeymoon. It is incredible. Check out the Abercrombie Wedding Shop on Abercrombie.com. Go shop it now. I think that after watching the Cubs win six in a row, Schwarber just hit a bomb against the Rays. We know how that turns out for us when you get Schwarber going early. So I'm a little jacked up now. As you should be. Cubs are playing good baseball. But. But. I'm not that jacked up. Why not? We have four more games with the Cardinals, and we have three with the Brewers, and just the ups and downs in the roller coaster. I know a good thing doesn't last with the 2017 Cubs. But I've learned anything. Okay. And it only took you 32 episodes to learn that. 31 episodes. This 31 episodes. 32nd episode. episode. Okay. I, I, I'm presenting my realization. Which Good. is fine, dude. You know what? I'm an optimistic guy. You know that. You know what? I'm, I can't even argue with it. You are an optimistic guy, as you should be, because they're in a good position right now. Nobody can deny that. But we're on episode 32. I know you got some 32s you mm-hmm. really, really want to talk yeah. about. Carl, lay them on me. Well, I'm going to lay them on you, Dave, but can I do it this way? Can I lay them on in a way where I don't want to talk about them for like, we don't have to get like into thirty minutes like we right. did last week, right? So I got a couple thirty twos for you lined up. Let's marry, fucking kill him. Oh shit! Can we okay. do that? All right, I like this. I like this. All I right. like it. I like it. All right. So let me just get through it quick because I know you're going to get ready to marry the first fucking name I say. Okay, the first thirty two, Sandy Colfax. That's a solid thirty two. Cy Young Award winner, obviously. Next thirty two is uh, Marcus Allen, who ran for one thousand seven hundred fifty nine yards in nineteen eighty five. Wasn't he we, the one who was fucking OJ's wife? We can get to that in the... Allegedly. You know, thank you, Ozzy. And then, obviously, the last 32 would be Magic. Well, Johnson. I will tell you who I'm absolutely not fucking Dave. is Magic, because I don't need to get any of that nasty-ass AIDS on my dick. He's cured, Dave. How is he cured? I didn't think there was a cure for AIDS. Hold on a second. He's money. got money. Oh, South Park proved that. That's right. He has money and science. Oh, okay. And technology. Well, I'm still not going... I wouldn't even shake hands with Magic Johnson, because really? I'm afraid of AIDS. Is it because he's black? No, it's because he's got AIDS. Okay. Are you that afraid of AIDS? I'm that afraid of AIDS. I don't want to... I got a long life ahead of me. Okay, so you're going to kill Magic Johnson. Dead. He's fucking dead. Okay. Dead as a doornail. Is this your Mary Fuck Killer? Do I? Do you want to do this together? No, I, I... Well, I have to say, Sandy Koufax, that's a perfect potato sack, like, girl you bring home to your parents' dad or your parents' wife. I think what you're trying to say, Dave, is if you have the opportunity to marry into a Jewish family, you're going to take advantage of that opportunity. Oh, you have to. If you if you have the chance to marry into a well-off Jewish family, take it. Even if we're not going to be celebrating Christmas? Yeah, but like you, you can come in with your Christian values and be like, just give me Christmas, too. Okay, so you're celebrating two like, holidays. If she's willing to say yes to you for life, 
she can do one Christmas a year too. Okay, I Mary, especially because Sandy Koufax. I am on my knee with a ring that cost me what is it six paychecks? You just bought a ring. How much was it? Uh, it was. I want to hear the exact. <laughs> I want to no, hear not. it. I want to hear it. I'm not. It was a lot. Okay, it was it a was lot. More money than I want to spend on anything ever. Okay, I love you. So Nicole, Marcus Allen. I guess. No, but here's the thing. Oh, you're well, gonna well, fuck Marcus Allen. You know who? You know the, no, you know, he's he ran for seventeen hundred yards. That'll get you killed, Dave. He ran for seventeen hundred yards. You got to fuck Marcus Allen. That's sexy as fuck. That's one hundred twenty three career touchdowns. The dude, you want to? We love steroids. Marcus Allen had sixteen years in the NFL. They've sixteen big ones in the National Football League, and he wasn't a fucking punter. That's a long time for a running back. Right. He was back with H back formation. Like power eye, smash mouth football. 123 touchdowns over 60. That is sexy as shit. Yeah, Marcus like Allen, you up you're a one night stand to me in this Mary Fuck Kill hypothetical. OJ Simpson killed several people because of Marcus Allen's death. And is that, it's like in that scene in Goodfellas when he hands her the gun after he pistol whips her neighbors and she's like, I gotta lie, it was a turn on. That's like kind of like this. He was responsible for multiple murders. So you're t- turned on by that? A little bit, yes. Yeah. I'm fucking six to midnight right now. So let's get into the show a little Great bit. Great 32s. Hold on. Sandy Koufax. Sandy, we're going to marry Sandy Koufax. I want to say this. One of my favorite things about Sandy Koufax, so this is before drugs and amphetamines and all this stuff, like really made its way into recovery for baseball. And this is how Sandy Koufax would get his arm ready before a game, is they would like mash up all these different hot peppers. Like cayenne peppers, and all, like pick a pepper, and they would get like the hot habanero, all this shit, and they would create this like pepper juice sauce or whatever the fuck it was, and they would rub it all over his left arm, like in several waves before a game to numb his arm out because it was so fucked up. So it was like a uh, a primitive form of like icy hot or something. Yeah, but I think it was like way, way, way more of a, like a numbing agent for like the long term because Sandy Koufax would be like. I, I can't like I I can't feel my arm, and then after games he would take the left arm and he would put it in like a bucket of ice and he would sit there and he'd like pound beers in the clubhouse and it was like I'm gonna drink these six beers and when I'm drunk done drinking these beers I'm done icing my arm. There you go. That's, like, a nice that's the way it Sandy be, Koufax right? story right there. And that's the way it should be, Dave. Yeah, you're a baseball guy. I'm I'm a, I do fancy myself a baseball guy. Yes, mm-hmm. but let's get into the show. What do we got tonight, Dave? We got a little White Sox. Not a lot of White Sox. Not a lot to talk about with the White Sox. Obviously got a lot of Cubs middle, you know, stretch run of the division race. Are they going to blow it? Are they not? Are they going to choke? All that good shit. I am going to forego our company and our podcast little tagline of a a bipartisan podcast because mm-hmm. I'm getting into full-on Cubs hate mode. The Bears are dog shit. Northwestern's dog shit. I fucking am focusing all my attention on Cubs hatred moving forward. And when you say Cubs hatred, can you just be a little bit more specific so that my Cubs guys can be prepared for just how just awful you're going to be? I am going to talk shit about anything and everything Cubs baseball, simply put. But I will be getting down to specifics, and I won't be playing devil's advocate. I'll be proving Carl you wrong on every single statistic you try to bring up to me. I love you me wrong. I do. So let's get into it, Dave. Let's talk White Sox. Man. Let's talk White Sox. White Sox, White Sox, White Sox. Go, go, White Sox. I was just going to start singing that. I shit you not. I swear to God, the fact that you and I have to work together so much face-to-face, we are creating like, We're like pathways into each other's brains. What's that called? Telepathy or something? Tel- telepathy? Do anybody? Oz? Telepathy. 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 So, Yohan Mankata update. 
Oh, I was hoping we would get this. He's hot right now. Oh, he went over four Sunday when they almost got hit by Matt, no hit by Matthew Boyd. One of it would have been the worst no hitter in history. Like starting pitcher to throw no hitter in history. Mm-hmm. He has an ERA about six, um, and it was just pathetic all the way around, up and down the lineup. I was kind of ish rooting for the no hitter because I had a fire block too far away. Uh, if he had thrown the no hitter, but anyways, back, yeah, put it back in, the in September. Yoamikata, he's hitting three hundred two. 373 with a 509 slugging percentage, 882 on base plus slugging, worth a 137 weighted runs created plus. Got it. Like that. Uh, he cut down his strikeout rate to 24 point, 25.4% in the month, and he's got a very sustainable 371 batting average balls of play. So this is the Yoma Kata I think we're going to see moving forward over the course of his career. But... More importantly, more importantly, how's his uh, OZ swing percentage? Uh, it he doesn't swing out pitches outside the zone. I love it. So we, we don't got our weekly update on that bullshit statistic. Dave. It's not a bull. It's is he swinging at strikes or is he swinging at balls? I know. And he's swinging at strikes and he's pounding them to gaps right now and hitting them out of the park. And just because I hate the Red Sox, I know we got some Red Sox listeners. I Let's fucking hate it. your guts. Raphael Devers is only worth seven tenths of a win, like one win above replacement right now. Yomakata is worth 0.6. So fuck you, motherfuckers. How's that feel? It felt really good. Oh, God, that felt good. I could feel your fuck you, motherfuckers there. Okay, question. You said Boyd had the Mm no-hitter. He's dog shit. Dog shit. He doesn't deserve a no-hitter. And Tim Anderson broke it up in the ninth, right, with two outs, and he got to second base, and he celebrated. And this was something that was talked about on, like, ESPN. This was, like, I didn't get this. Okay, so... I have only seen the play a couple times, and okay, so Boyd was kind of working off his changeup all day, and it was very, very effective pitch. He was, you know, getting that nice fade to a right-handed hitter towards the left-handed batter's box. Mm-hmm. Tim Anderson just put a good stroke on it. He's, it was a two-zero count, if I'm correct, two-one maybe. It was a hitter's count, and he let the ball like travel, get deep, took it to right field. I think he was tipping his hat at Boyd. Oh, get! The I really fuck think out so. I don't here. think he was talking shit. Why would you talk shit? It's when not that he's down- talking shit, dude. It's not the t- it's not the talking shit stuff. And I'm not even saying that I I'm on Tim Anderson or against Tim Anderson on this. I want to get your opinion first. In this case, it's Tim Anderson hitting a double. What were they down? Twelve. That thing was twelve zip. Okay, so it's twelve zero. It was a blowout. Yeah, you've been no hit. You've recorded twenty six outs. Yeah, eight two. You have not gotten a hit against, admittedly. It would have been the shit pitcher. Like, the statistically worst pitcher to ever throw a no-hitter. Perfect. Now, granted, the White Sox aren't good. No. And we're not saying that they're good at all. But a major league team should get oh, at least, a, right. A so hit. Right. And there wasn't even, like, there wasn't even, like, a diving play, which you usually see in mm-hmm. any no-hitter. It was nothing like or that. like Dwayne Wise. It was just a bunch of weak center. contact uh-huh. after weak contact and strikeouts, and it was bad all the way around. So my question for you then mm-hmm. isn't about Tim Anderson talking shit, because I don't think he talks shit. It's just the fact that, dude, you're down 12. You're getting no hit by a scrub. You guys are in dead last. You hit a double the opposite field. It's a great piece of hitting. Yeah, it was. Okay, you've been playing well now, Tim Anderson, mm-hmm. right? So, like, it's not like this is out of fucking nowhere. Act like you've been a little bit like you've been there before. Right, you get into the second base. Like, do you have I don't to think look anybody... into the dugout and follow the ritual? What's up? And do the you know like air fist pound all stuff. See, like, are there people if... in the dugout that are looking at Tim Anderson, being like, "Hey, Tim, like, give us love." Like, in the the dugout should be I like don't a think murder. You ever scene. want to be on Sports Center talk about getting a no hitter thrown against you? 
I think he was just a little pumped up. You know, he tipped his. I thought he was tipping his head at Boyd. I, I've only seen it once. Like I said, he was. You said it a couple times, but I you know like what, what you're I, doing. No, I said I only saw the play once. I uh-huh. didn't even. If this would never mentioned on Sports Center or anything else, I would have never even thought about it. Afterwards. But we're talking about the league's unwritten rules, Dave. He Did was Tim Anderson violate the unwritten rules. I don't think he did. I think he just was pumped. He had a nice hit, mm-hmm. and they didn't get no hit. They weren't have to going to be that talking point on Sports Center against mm-hmm. two of the worst teams in baseball. Okay, now can I can I argue my point? Yeah, go okay, ahead. I want to argue against myself now. I'm going to say this: Tim Anderson's in the right, and anybody who's going to say Tim Anderson shouldn't be looking at the dugout and he shouldn't be giving props can literally kiss my ass and suck your dick. It's Everyone. ridiculous. Tim Anderson gave the ultimate cuck with that hit. Thank you, Andy. The ultimate cuck. I don't. I'm not a big. Wait. Apply that, Dave. He he cucked him instead of being like, okay, Matthew Boyd. If he's pitching in Major League Baseball five years from now, I'd be shocked. I mean, maybe he'll be like a lefty specialist or something out of the bullpen because he can throw strikes and all oh, that. The shit. best appearance of his career, and you're sending this guy home. Exactly. That would have been. No one's going to remember him. Instead, he could have been the worst pitcher to ever throw a no-hitter. You know my big argument. Strong performances at the end of the year, carrying a big off-season, carrying a great spring training, and that's like that's how like, you build a curve is hot August, September. I don't know. He's just like so average at everything. Okay, but I that's a different argument. Yeah. We're past all this stuff. Unwritten rules in baseball, you're all dying. If you're following unwritten rules in baseball, you have white hair and you are you're you're and you're writing like, for a dying newspaper yes. and shit like that. And there you're are, arguing that Javi Baez shouldn't have cornrows. You're dying at a faster rate than those of you are being reproduced. Exactly. And, and sooner or later, it's just going to fade it's away. It's exponential growth. And the day that the unwritten rules of baseball fade away are going to be great. That said, I do want to protect a couple unwritten rules that should be written down with respect to throwing at guys' heads and shit like oh, that. Oh, yeah, like, of obviously, course. You hit a guy in the ass or the numbers. Like, dude, you're on the t- you guys are up 12 fucking games. Or you're up 12 runs. Like, you, you, this is the worst, not just team in your division, in baseball, this is a horrendous team right now. And so for, like, anybody associated with the Tigers or baseball, outside of what to say, Tim Anderson, what are you doing celebrating the double? I don't see, that's here? just it. Like, he wasn't really celebrating that hard, if that's what he was doing. Like, he took his hat off and he, like, pounded. Well, I think the point is, like, like clapping you're, and you shit. have your fucking head down, run in a second base. How are you supposed to control your emotions? It's not like he was jumping up and down and like fist bumping and screaming at the top of his lungs. It was just whatever. It was a cock. Whatever. Do you think he gets thrown at next year? No, no question. Absolutely. No question. I don't. Like I said, I thought he was tipping his hat towards Boyd for throwing his dick off that day. That's what I thought when I originally saw it. I don't know. I could be wrong. 100% cock. Cock. So, I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, hey, we cuck. saw what happened when Marcus Stroman threw at Anderson this year. Or. Whatever happened in that he situation. He feeds off of it? Yeah, he feeds off of it. So, good. I hope if they – I mean, the chances are they do open next season with Detroit. I'm, they'll play him in the first week or yeah. two. I hope they fucking peg him, and I hope he fucking hits 300 and goes on his way to an all-star season. So, that's everything I got to talk about with Tim Anderson, Yomakata, and the Chicago White Sox right now. That's it. That's it. And I just – before we do move on, though, nice segue, I guess. Let's talk about the what we have to talk a little bit about former White Sox players. We're gonna be spending some time with them this weekend. We are. Brian right, Anderson. Dave? We have the Brian Anderson. So let's talk about before we move on to my cubbies and we get into really the meat and potatoes of what's going on in Chicago baseball right now, much to the dismay of some of our listeners. Let's talk a little bit about what we're going on this weekend. Really quickly, 
I got, like I said, a pile of free tickets to the Lap All-Star Challenge in Schaumburg at Burma Stadium. I went last year. It's a sellout crowd every year. There will be five, seven, eight thousand people there, whatever. Super cheap beer. You get to have a barbecue with the players. Uh, we're talking uh, Brian Anderson, Jermaine Dye, Scotty Pitsednik, Big Z, Carlos Zambrano, all these awesome players that you would love to just pound beer with yeah. and talk about their you know past successes as Chicago athletes. Yeah. So if you guys want to go, you donate to this fucking charity that I'll tweet out when the podcast comes out, and you get to say whatever you the fuck you want to Brian Anderson in a video, the roast of Brian Anderson, that'll be posted on Barstool Sports. I don't care if it's $5, $2, $10, whatever you got. Anything and everything. Are you editing this video? I'm not. So just talk a big game. Just talk whatever you want. Like I'm saying it's for on a you. bridge. Like just tell whoever wants it, send it in, donate, and then be on, this is basically name your price to be on a video. But here's the thing. That's why you should set a price for it, Dave. Let's I, set a no, price. Make I, a market, dude. Five bucks minimum. Five bucks. Five bucks minimum. It's like buying a red solo cup at your cousin's kegger in Mount Greenwood back in like 2004. It's five bucks, Dave. Everybody's got it. Everybody's got it. Chime in. If you don't. Chip it. If you uh, chime, chip. Whatever. Whatever, dude. You're going to chime in because you're going to say whatever the fuck you want to Brian Anderson. That's the entire purpose of this entire day. Other than, you know, charity. It's for a great cause. It's going to a great foundation. Just do it. And I want to channel some good hate with this, too, because Brian Anderson, like, let it go. Just bombs away with this guy. The guy has a really, really, really high threshold for hate, which is why I want the He embraces it. He knows he fucked up in his career. He sucked. He, he sucked. Hit. He probably could, honestly, with how I felt against Windy City Thunderbolts, get him in the box right now, Carl versus Brian Anderson. I'll guarantee you I'll bury that fucker. I don't doubt that you would, Carl. So, All right. So, that's great. Dave, thank you for bringing that up. That's the Brian Anderson hate hype roast video. Roast to Brian Anderson, like okay. Comedy Central. For the Cubs, though, I'm interested because I want to see Big Z in a 12-inch uniform. I want to see what he's like. Oh, he's psychotic minutes. on the softball field just like he is when he was playing for the Cubs Do 10 years ago. you think he's playing shortstop? No. Like, what, what position is he going to play? Oh, uh, he, he was there last year when I went. He was playing. He fucking murders the ball. Like, absolutely fucking. Did he wear a glove? I know it's 12-inch. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, did he, he was wear wearing a glove. Or did he just barehand it? Did he just wear, like, a piece of cardboard around his hand? No, he was wearing a glove, and he was into it. Fucking love that guy. And Michael Remlinger, I told this story like two weeks ago when I brought this up. I'm pretty sure he went home with the MILF that night from the barbecue. And I'm, he's probably not the only guy. It's just the only thing. Mike Remlinger did it with no shame in front of everybody. He's like, hey, chill, hey, babe. He's got we'll that perfect like gray, white right. fade in his hair and everything. Dave, you're telling me Big Z is under 300 pounds? Uh, he he honestly looked like he could still pitch a year ago. I bet he could. He he wasn't he wasn't out of shape. Car- the only Joe Creedy, he's not he was out of shape. because he's a psychopath. He, the, literally, the only reason well, he's, he's like not, probably close to forty years old now. He's too. never in good shape, so he's like two eighty. He I'd doesn't. That. He wasn't. No, he was. A, he was an athlete. He was in good shape. Carlos Zambrano, very good shape. I bet you he could have gone out in his prime after Daisy pitched. I was like, Carlos, go get a run in. And like, he just strikes me as the type of guy who just been like, I'm gonna go run twelve miles. Yeah. Without I even don't like, thinking about it, mm-hmm. just not listening to music, nothing. Just like go out and run. How old do you think he is? 36. He's 36, and Lackey's 38, just for some context. See, I was going to use the Lackey comparison because Lackey mentally— So fuck it, let's just get in the Cubs. Are we in the Cubs now? We're in the Cubs. We're talking about the Cubs. We have a lot of time to talk about the Cubs. Last last week I boxed myself out because I didn't really want to talk about the Cubs like at all, and now I feel like I'm in a position where it's just not negative Nancy, Dave. Until Redline Radio, episode 33. 
Yeah, let me enjoy this while I can. This is like basically the way this has worked for me so far this year. Is that like every? I feel like if we went back and archived this, somebody do this. I guarantee you, there's some pattern to this. Like it's, even episodes, I'm pissed, and or even episodes, yeah, I'm happy. There's some algorithm, there like mathematical, mm-hmm. like you know the stars are aligning and all that mm-hmm. kind of shit. Yeah, wh- one of you stat stat heads figured that out. But let's talk about the Cubs. Let's talk about the fact that. After the lowest point of the season, can we agree on this? The After lowest point of the season is getting swept at home by the Milwaukee Brewers over a weekend by Jimmy Nelson and Chase Anderson and Zach Davies. That's the lowest point of the season. Three fucking organizational guys for the Brewers. Scoring three runs all series. Thank you. Yeah. Just, God. And then, and then there's just like, they just pull you back in, Dave. The Cubs pull you back in. Not only do they sweep the Mets, which the Mets at that point, that's so Cubs for the Mets. Like if the Mets swept them, it would have made perfect sense. It would have fit the historical narrative of the Chicago Cubs. Of like, We would have looked back and been like, yeah, they could have battled back after the Brewers, but we got swept by the Mets. And they just beat the fucking shit out of the Mets. So you're back in? Dave? I'm not... I'm not ready to commit to anything right now. You yeah, sound like I'm, you, I'm happy. You sound like you have Stockholm syndrome. I, I've been. <laughs> this sounds like someone who has textbook Stockholm syndrome. Well, I've been, I've been abused by the Cubs for the better part of my like life. conscious life. Yeah, right. And so, I wouldn't necessarily say that I have Stockholm syndrome, but like I'm their bitch for sure. Okay, like. I am the Cubs bitch more than probably most fans are because they do have an impact on my actual happiness. Like my, my actual, sign of a true fan. Like, like how I get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. The Cubs result the night before has that impact. Nicole will be like, what do you, get out of bed. Fucking lackey, goddamn. Just damn get it. going. Start your day. Just start it. I got the French press going. And I'm like, oh, fucking. Lurky, CJ fucking Edwards. It's like when you lose a monster bet on Monday Night Football, and then it's like that Tuesday morning, you're like, God. It's I'm the not, scariest times a right, thousand. Right. You're like, I should have been on a train 45 minutes ago. I'm still in bed looking at my phone, scrolling through Twitter trying to feel good about myself. Like that is is basically the low – End of my emotions throughout the 2017 season. And now they are, there's an opportunity for me to be through the roof excited and to be like walking around like my fucking shit doesn't stink. But we still have to play the Cardinals four more times. And like, I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs. I can't say they're officially out. I guess the Cubs could like completely blow it. They're, they're up to nothing now against the Rays as we record this. And it's not like I'm trying to be negative or pessimistic, but I want to be realistic here. Because if we're already counting our fucking, what is it? You count your chickens yeah. before they hatch? Did I get that right? You did. I honestly have not gotten You're putting one of the those carriage right. before the horse. That's right. I'm pulling another good one. Cart or carriage? Same if you're thing. rich, such a Wheaton thing for you to say, pull the carriage. Where other people are saying cart. More blue collar industrial people, like people actually from the south side, like me, Dave, we say cart, not carriage. Pardon me. Disregardless. I would say that, thank you. That's a word. I would say that at this point, I'm just kind of like, I'm very happy because I don't want to say it, though. 
It's can like, I say? It's like, can can I, I say it? Can I give you a comparison? Really quickly. You and I have been in a relationship, and I don't. I'm like I don't want to tell you that I love you yet, but I love you. Do you know what I mean? But I don't want to say it because I don't want you to. You're look having at me a and be Mexican like, standoff to I'm, see. There's who a Mexican can... standoff with my emotions, and you say that in front of Ozzy. Ozzy's half Mexican. And half Jewish. We've hit the trifecta in so, our show it, tonight. So we're not trying to offend anybody here, but it is a Mexican standoff with my feelings. Like you got that white angel on one shoulder saying, yo, fuck this. Mm-hmm. Like, f- and then you got the devil saying, Who's like, what the color devil- is he, Dave? He's red. Oh. And, the devil- and that wasn't a slight towards Native Americans. <laughs> and the de- See, we're, this is ethnic week here at Redline Radio. Uh, pull up a chair, sit down, and share it with, share it with the left. So, but here's the point, Dave. I don't want to come out and say that I'm. This is it. Here we go. Play it. Like we're not March. We're not. If you scroll through our titles of each and every episode, like every three, the title is like White Sox rebuild and the Cubs are back. Is that yeah. going to be the title of this episode or no? No, the no. This isn't going to be. It's going to be the Cubs are not not back. Okay, I like that. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very good way to put you know, it. While we're talking about the titles of the episode, this is totally off the topic of baseball, but I little background information for listeners. Carl here, I create the titles of the episode and the write-ups and that stuff. And I can tell you that by far the hardest part of this whole podcast is coming up with titles every fucking I week. I suck at titles for blogs, too. I'm it's, like, God Oh, damn that's it. the worst. Yeah. That is the worst. Like something catchy that'll make people read it, and I just suck at it. But in this case, I'm t- just talking about episodes, so it's just nice that we're able to come up with a title for the episode. The Cubs show. are not, not back. Yeah, yeah the there you not, go. not back. I'm glad that I gave you the idea, and I could more or less do my job for you. But this is also Cubs hate week, Carl. Wait, and I'm, I'm here to let you know that I hope the Cubs rip your heart out. Every fake Cubs fan that's like, you know, from the East Coast that went to a Big Ten school that moved to Wrigleyville that's a diehard Cubs fan since mm-hmm. 2015. I hope you guys all die. Those guys are just trying to get some like pussy, Dave. KFC said, I don't give a shit about dead Cubs fans. I fucking hate dead Cubs fans. If I see one person write the name of their dead grandpa who was like in World War II on the chalk or in chalk on the bricks of Wrigley Field, I will fucking lose my mind. And for White they Sox fans, I so much. Oh my god! Have? Like that fucking dickhead in the graveyard who was watching. You, you the, just got really mad with the, watching the Cubs game with his fucking dad who died like twenty years ago and never saw a World Series. That was what? the most staged fucking photo ever. Who was taking that picture? That guy was in it for the retweets, and I don't hate that he was in it for the retweets because. I'm in a lot of things yeah, for the retweets. You come up with it. By the way, if anybody has an idea like that for us around the postseason to expand brand My, exposure. A good one. Some chick tweeted me last year a fake picture that I didn't have never admitted it was fake until right now of a construction worker putting a 2005 White Sox hat in the construction zone uh, of Wrigley Field like before the playoffs. And it went like it was on the news and shit on the radio. And I'm admitting now that her and I planted that picture. <laughs> So and we were trying to give the Cubs bad juju because, as White Sox fans, that's what we're here for now. But we're you here to root that, against like, the Cubs. That's how they came back from being down three games to one is because of literally not guys like you, but you. No, that's no. I don't buy that for one second. They fucking lost the Mets that year. It was before the Mets oh, series. Oh, this is before the Mets. Yeah, this series. is in 2016. So now I got. Some would co- say you planted the seed, though. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think so. I it was because I didn't do anything before last year's playoff run, and now I got to think of something. Bad juju wise, like I'll walk into Wrigley with a goddamn goat if I need to. 
Why does don't anybody you jump have access to the fucking river? That has nothing to do with this, Mike. We will talk it's about eth- that you later. You want to get a goat? It's ethnic week. Hear, hear me out here. If we have any listeners from the Basque region of France and Spain, <laughs> and you got some goats in your backyard, dude, if you the north side of Chicago, there's some fucked up stuff around there. Just go drive through Skokie. There's got to be somebody. Somebody's hurt. There's no farm. There are fucking bankers and financiers up there. Uh, it's Skokie. Yeah. Bankers and financiers. We'll move. We'll go out to. Uh, all right. Any Northern Illinois listeners, university, you're in the middle of fucking cornfields, not too far from here, like an hour and a half, say. I need you to steal a goat for me so we can walk it into Wrigley. DM me. My, my DMs are open. You actually are serious about this. Here's the thing I'm not going to let you parade a goat around. And anybody who's actually seriously going to follow up with Dave on this, I'll kill your fucking goat before it makes its way to Wrigley. And that'd right? be. And PETA, come find me. Barstool Carl on Twitter. But realistically, Dave, if you cannot be like pandering some goat around Wrigley without jumping in the river. I will jump in the river. Find me a place to jump in the I river. I found the place. We got a GoPro, too. I can wear the GoPro. Oh, I like that. I like that. And, and will it ruin that? What do we got? Dave, I have an in. If you, I know it's not the Michigan River, but I have a Blue Island River that you can jump off a ledge You couldn't into. pay me to step foot in Blue Island, let alone step foot in River wow. Blue That's Island. Hey, did you hear that, White Sox fans? <laughs> now, Dave can't make it to 127th and Western this weekend. He's bull- he. It's below him. It is. Wait, but you'll go to get, the Maywood racetrack. Before we get too far, that's I just what gotta say Dave's saying to Cubs fans, fuck you and your dead grandpa. That's gotta be peak White Sox, Dave. I, I hope your grandpa dies again, like while he's riding in hell. That's oh, how much I hate man. your dead grandpa. Um so this is my co host Dave Williams, also known as White Sox Dave. This is a guy I've spent a lot of time with and people who are like actually processing what's going like on right now and what's coming out of your mouth. This is not. Can I agree? Can I get consensus in the room? This is not a character. This I, is who Dave is. I, I seriously I like fucking I hate the Cubs. I hate the Cubs as it gets. Yeah, I wish he was something different. But okay, he is what he is. So, like, this is real. You actually want dead grandpas to die a second time? Yes, because they're Cubs fans. Because they're no, because people are fucking acting like their grandpas were Cubs fans when we both know they weren't. Oh, you're saying that this is made up? Yeah, yeah. All the all that shit's fucking fake. It's all fucking fake, and for the sake of retweets, like I said, like that fucking asshole in the graveyard. I hope that guy fucking gets hit by a car on the way to work tomorrow. All right, Dave. And for the rest of the show, let's see how many times you can say the word "fuck." Now we have to get on to a couple other things. Though. Okay. All right. You want to see how many times I can say the word "fucking"? You know how we talk about saber fucking metrics? Let's talk about John fucking Lackett today. That guy is such a fucking loser. In every sense of the word, he's just a loser. First of all, that was Wilson Contreras' fault that that ball was called okay, a ball. Let's, because Received the ball is, like this shit. This is classic, Dave, and this is where you're going to go off on this. Set the stage, Dave. All right? Lick it a little bit. What day was it? Rub it, was, it a little bit. Friday. Friday. So I'm going to massage the clit a little bit, warm up, warm it up. Friday. What's the situation? I was at work. I didn't see it until after. Runner on second base. Runner on second base. Carlos Martinez. Two outs. Two outs. Carlos Martinez is up. Cardinals pitcher. Carlos Martinez is the pitcher for the Cardinals. 2-2 count. Okay. Lackey throws a curveball. According to StatCast in in the image, directly over the middle of the plate. And Carlos Martinez walks four steps from the right-handed batter's box towards the Cardinals' dugout. Assuming it was strike three. 
Like it was struck out end of the inning. He's the he's he's like I'm struck yeah, out. I'm, I'm gonna fucking, fucking pitching. Yeah. I throw Give me my mitt. Walking right towards the Cardinals dugout, and um, Jordan Baker, the umpire, does not move an inch. Nothing. Just takes a step back. Doesn't call anything. Obviously, it's a ball. Now it's a full count. In Lackey, absolutely loses his shit. His goddamn mind. Loses his fucking mind. Now credit to credit to Jordan Baker though. Because he didn't toss Lackey, and he didn't toss Wilson Contreras. Which, How can you do it? It was in the middle of the fucking game. You can't toss him like that. Is if you blow the fucking call. People have been tossed for less, way less, <laughs> way, oh, way less. less, way less, way less. Joe West looking at you like when fucking Burley threw his mitt down after he called the buck. Right. But I will say this right now, and I will stand by this to my death. And this is mildly Cubs hater Dave. It's not completely Cubs hater Dave. Fucking Wilson Contreras received that ball like absolute dog shit. An umpire, nine times out of ten, is going to call that pitch a ball. Nine times out of ten. And you know what, fucking John Lackey? It's not about the the last pitch. It's about the next fucking pitch. Because you're facing the pitcher, it shouldn't matter. Fucking blow him by him. Hit no, him on the fist. That's it. Dude, you're, you're facing Carlos Martinez. Instead, you know what? He was looking for an excuse to give up a hit, to give up that fucking go-ahead run, the first run of the game, whatever it was. And so he could just fucking hammer that umpire because he loves the bitch because John Lackey is a fucking bitch. He's such a bitch. Mm-mm. And he was just looking for a fucking reason to charge the umpire. And I thought that he was going to pull a fucking uh, Kyle Farnsworth and, like, like spear him like he was Brian Urlacher and Paul Wilson. Yeah, but and he, it's a, you know John his, Lackey's never going to do that? John Lackey's never thrown a punch in his life. No. Okay? He, this is the thing all about bark, John no bite. You, He's obviously huge. He's obviously first-round draft pick out of Texas high school. Accelerates his way through the minor leagues, gets up to the big leagues, and he's been a stud since he got here. Big dude. Texas fucking attitude. Yeah. Fucking absolute stud in the big leagues. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that doesn't sound like a recipe for anyone who has ever had to defend themselves or One start time a for anything. fight. No, what does he need to fight for? This so, is a guy who's literally his entire career who, is thrown 96 with like plus shit. Who's the umpire? Jordan Baker. Jordan Baker. Do you think Jordan Baker was thinking that when Lackey was running a 4440 at him in the middle of a fucking play? Like literally in the middle of the play. No, what I think. It wasn't I, even a dead ball. Okay, so now, so just to clear things up here, Wilson Contreras caught the ball like shit. Wilson Contreras is not a great receiver. No, he's not. He's, he is a dynamic. That's uh, a bad word. He's got to say. a cannon of an arm. Guy. He's very athletic word. for a catcher. He's crazy athletic. Crazy, crazy athletic for so, a catcher. There's shit he does behind the plate, throwing runners out, fucking fielding bunts and stuff like but that. But receiving the ball, eh? He's a third baseman. He's right? not he came very up good as at a third it. baseman. So the receiving skills are probably as good as they're ever going to be. But to be fair, he's been out for a long time. You know, he and Lackey were crossed up there. No big league catcher catches a ball that bad with two strikes. He knew. Listen, if if Wilson Contreras calls a curveball against Carlos Martinez on a two-two count with a runner on second base, he knows that curveball just has to be over the middle of the plate. Lackey knows the curveball just has to be over the middle of the plate. Carlos Martinez knows it. That's why that fucker just walked right in the dugout. The difference in this case, though, is that somebody got confused. My bet would be that it was Wilson Contreras. Because probably what they're doing with the runner on second base is they're changing signs on an out-by-out base, or they're using the count. And so what I mean by that, Dave, when I say they're using the count to call signs, what I mean is whatever the count is with the hitter at the present moment with a runner on second base will dictate what sign the catcher gives 
to what pitch is being thrown. So, for instance, if it's an 0-0 count, the catcher might say, hey, it's outs plus one. So, in this case, it's two outs. There's a runner on second. It's an 0-0 count. So, it's going to be outs plus one. There's two outs. Third sign. It's going to be the third sign. Okay? In other cases, it could be, it'll be balls plus two. There's no balls. It's a second sign. There's one ball. It's the third sign. You got to mix it up. Mike Matheny was a former catcher. He's looking for the shit. He's going to pick 100%. it up. And Jose can Jose. I keep saying this. I got the yips. Wilson Contreras. Shout out to Jose Contreras. 2005 World Series. Wilson Contreras is a young catcher. He's going to get mixed up here and there. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And that's kind of what happened because he dragged that mitt down like outside the zone. A major league umpire is calling that a ball. 90% of the time. Uh-huh. I mean, this particular pitch was so down the middle. I can see a lot of umpires just being like, oh, here's the benefit of the doubt. Strike and just three. give up on it. It's Carlos Martinez versus John Lackey. Exactly, 38 years right. old. The guy's been in the big league. Like, I mean, as much as we bitch about John Lackey, and as much of an asshole as he is, it is impossible not to respect his career when you're on the field with him, which makes it that much more unbearable when he's an asshole. But the point is, in that case... Contreras and Lackey just weren't on the same page. Contreras has been injured, like we said. You get into one of these situations with a runner on second, things get sped up a little bit. Contreras clearly missed a sign, or Lackey missed a sign, but it's probably more likely than Contreras missed I'd a say, sign. I'd say, yeah, it was and Contreras. There are umpires like that where they say, if you don't hit your spot, fuck you, it's a ball. Yeah. And you have to imagine that there are a percentage of umpires that love to do that to John Lackey. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Right? He's a fucking cunt. He's been showing up umps his entire career. So if you think Jordan Baker is going to miss an opportunity to show him up in this case, he's going to do it. See, I don't think he was trying to – like you said earlier, he he was so – he let John Lackey go for so long that he was kind of admitting that he fucked up. And if you watch him toss him out, he lets John Lackey get his, like, two-minute piece in, and he just goes, like, yeah, get out of here. It's such a half-ass. He didn't, like, get into it like, you're out of here. He's just like, yeah, get out you of here. You know you're gone. Yeah. I know you're gone. Just hit the shower. Let's kid. not make a big deal out of this. I don't want to spend the rest of the night talking about John Lackey, but we did bring this up for a very specific reason, and it's applying to the future with the Cubs, 2017 Cubs. How's Lackey going to shape up for this? Now, yes, John Lackey got kicked out of the game. Yes, Carlos Martinez probably should have got called out on strikes 2-2. Okay. But by far the biggest takeaway is that Lackey against an opposing pitcher in arguably the most important series of the year, right? After they drop the Brewers, they sweep the Mets. Here's an opportunity to build the capital, knock the, knock the Cardinals back in the Stone Age for the rest of the year. And Lackey just caved. Like, it was almost like an opportunity for John Lackey to, like, let his emotions get the best of him. And he was like, he wanted that opportunity. And he took advantage of it. He just pumped a three. It was like three, two fastball, literally. Dick high, right down the middle of the plate. And, like, you can, a pitcher, not a pitcher, like, Dave, you're probably hitting that ball hard. I'm not I'm even saying this lightly. Like, you throw 90 down the middle of the plate. It's getting hit I don't, hard. I know Carlos Martinez is not a hitter, but the dude, how many at-bats does he have this year? 60? If that. Right? Maybe. So he's seen... It's not like these guys are horrible athletes. I mean, Carlos Martinez is a baseball player. Probably he came up as a short... I guarantee he came up as a short until he was 14. Like he looked like he wanted to be the victim. Yeah. You talk about Stockholm Syndrome. There's a guy who feels like Stockholm Syndrome (laughs) with umpires. 
So, John Lackey, I'm not telling you to get off the fuck off my team. You've done exactly what we're, we've paid you for over the last two years. Thank you very much, but... Get the fuck off your team. That's seriously. Well, get off the playoff roster. Come on, quit being a little pussy. Don't, Carl, put, him just say a, it. don't put him on a 25 man. And he's a 15 year veteran. Like, that shit shouldn't happen to a 15 year veteran. 15 years, Dave. That's a long fucking time to pitch baseballs. Indeed, Dave, is a very long time, but we have a lot more stuff to talk about than just John Lackey's meltdown. So, Ozzy, wh- what do we have on the docket? And just before we move on, Carlos Martinez has 56 at bat, so you were close. I was cl- 60 off the top of my head. That was good. Thank you. And just the opposite of John Lackey, the very next day. Kyle Hendricks just goes out and shoves. Oh, Kyle Hendricks, Dave. Dave? Uh, quick, yo, I'm on Kata update. He's two for two tonight. Good. Kyle Hendricks, Dave. And Lucas Giolito is shoving against the Houston Astros through four. Fuck, no one cares. And Kyle Hendricks, Dave. Kyle Hendricks, what about him? Let's hear it. I want to hear the entire ditty of Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks' balls are dragging on the ground right now, Dave. I don't, I don't know what ditty – I don't even know what that means, but – Kyle Hendricks Hendricks is about Jack and Diane. That's what it is. Kyle Hendricks, to me, is everything that we've talked about on this podcast. He's literally the antithesis of John Lackey. There's, like, really, for how you and I can critique a pitcher, there isn't a lot for us to talk about with Kyle Hendricks that's negative. Like, he doesn't do really anything to make me mad as as a fan. Speaking of John Lackey's explosion on the umpire... There is a gift. Rod Friedman, if you don't follow him on Twitter, awesome follow for baseball Is that the fans. Pitching Ninja? Yeah, the Pitching Ninja. He does a lot of good gifts. I, I'm very suspect of the way he analyzes things, but keep going. Well, no, I'm He'll just go, talking oh, about— Oh, that's a great two-seamer. I'm like, that actually is a meat two-seamer. What I, we're, nice. We'll get there on another podcast. Okay. But Kyle Hendricks threw a ball that was literally right down the middle, and whoever was catching it might have been Contreras, didn't move his mitt. And Hendricks, he was like, what the fuck? Like, he shrugged his shoulders. Next pitch— Buried a change up in the dirt, got whoever was hitting swinging, literally polar opposite reaction. He's like, oh, I'll just get him the next pitch. He can't touch me. I'm Kyle Hendricks. I got the filthiest fucking change up in baseball right now. And I think he does, right? I think he, I don't think that's um, hyperbole or anything to make a point here. I think he really does have the best change up in baseball. He, I mean, you could absolutely argue that he does. Now, now some people say a good change up is like Strasburg has the filthy one you swing and miss. Scherzer That's has a power change up. You, you swing and miss. Hendricks has a changeup where, and this is a good point to educate some folks, the changeup isn't a swing and miss pitch. It's a frustrating pitch. It is. It's a, it's a pitch that wears the hitter down in the at-bat, that wears a lineup down over the course of a game, but here's how you most effectively use it as a bat, and this is where Hendricks is at his best. He uses the changeup to set up the very next pitch. So if you watch Hendricks pitch, and I encourage you now as I'm saying this, next time you watch Hendricks pitch, pay attention to the fact that the changeup, if he does get a swing and miss at it, he's putting that guy away on the very next, very next pitch. If he gets a changeup over the plate and he gets the hitter to engage in it, meaning you swing and miss, you swing and foul it off, you take it for a strike, or you take it very closely for a ball, Right, like it's a little bit out. It's a, the reason you throw the changeup is to upset the timing for the next fucking pitch. the 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 problem with changeups and people teaching changeups, the reason guys get to the big leagues and they're like, "Well, I don't have a changeup," like Ronaldo Lopez and shit, is because these guys have been. We say this all the time. These guys have been so 
dominant with their, their fastballs and their curveballs, which are easy pitches to throw and master. Right, and when you te- when you're that good, like we've talked about Lucas Giolito, so let's use him as an example. The fastball. Do you think his career up to the point until he got to like double A or triple A? Do you think the fastball is a swing and miss pitch, or do you think it was a command pitch? No, it was a swing and miss pitch, miss 100%. pitch. But he was throwing that pitch right down the middle. He was just seen hitting that didn't wasn't talented enough at that time to put wood on it. Mm-hmm. Now the curveball, that's a swing and miss pitch. Mm-hmm. So now let's just use these guys as an example. Let's just say the first round type of talent, the the front of the rotation type of talent, the prospect type of talent. I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to love it. When you start with a changeup. These guys are learning the changeup, and they're approaching it as a swing and miss pitch. And they're not approaching it as a pitch to set up hitters. It's like, well, this is how you use a change. Well, you get really funny swings and misses, right? I'll tell you right now, as a pit, and I didn't strike a lot of people out. I'm not trying to fucking relive the glory days. But I'll say this. The best feeling as a pitcher is when they swing and miss, when a hitter swings and misses at a changeup. And the changeup's fucking perfectly executed. And so... I think pitchers can fall in love with that about the changeup. And I think what Hendricks has done is basically said, listen, you swing and miss at the changeup, that's fine. That's great. I, I love it when you swing and miss at the changeup. It's not the purpose of it, But though. the point of it is, just so you know, I'm going to get you out with a fastball in on your hands on the next pitch. Another great pitch to throw off a changeup is a slider over the zone. Because it has, if especially, fast, it looks like a fastball until the last second. Now, Hendricks is able to repeat his delivery exceptionally. What does this mean? There's all these stats coming out on Fangraphs now about tunneling. So if you're a listener and you are into the data analytics of, of baseball, the new statistic being developed is like uh, some sort of like tunneling ratio. And what that means is how similarly or how similar is like the pitcher's hand at release point by on pitch, a pitch by pitch by pitch, pitch, by pitch. Yes. Right. And so believe it or not, where do you think fucking Kyle Hendricks stands on the tunnel? I'm going to guess like top three, four percent of baseball, right. if not the best. Right. Because it's a simple delivery. He's not trying to overthrow. He's literally just pitching to his strengths. Now, he's fortunate because in Kyle Hendricks' development, he had to learn how to throw a change. We've talked about this. When you come up in California, Southern California baseball and you top out at 88. Oh, he's a dime a dozen. You start for your high school team he's a dime a dozen. 88 without a, without a secondary pitch. And so it's just now here we are in the thick of the playoff race when it means more than anything else in what wins at this point in the season when nerves are so high? People always talk about power pitching, power pitching. It's not power pitching. It's great pitching. In this case, Kyle Hendricks is going to have success because is the pressure on Kyle Hendricks or the hitter at this point in the season? On the fucking hitter. It's on the fucking hitter to go out and deliver. It's Literally, it's on the hitter. It's up to the hitter to get on base to create runs, right? And it's the pitcher's job to just limit how, how much action happens on the bases. And when you have a guy like Hendricks who's out there going – I'm just going to change speeds and make you uncomfortable. The hitter's naturally uncomfortable at this point in the year. Oh, yeah, yeah. June, you can't look at the season and be like, well, what happens, happens. We'll play it out. This is it, guys. It's crunch time. And so perfect counterpoint to the shit we're talking about, John Lackey. And as you start to think about the Cubs rotation in the future and how do these certain pieces play out, what what really is valuable to the Cubs team moving forward, regardless of how the 2017 playoffs go about? Kyle Hendricks, since coming back from injury, 2.41 ERA, over 67 innings pitched, 61 hits surrendered, 17 walks, 57 strikeouts. Great ratios. We'd like to see a little bit more strikeouts, but he's not a strikeout guy. Okay? More importantly, though, Dave, on-base percentage against him is 292. That's pretty good. 
The slugging percentage is 376. That's pretty good. The OPS is 668. That's pretty good. If you had a lineup of guys that hit six six or OPS was six sixty eight, you'd win about eight games. Yeah, in one hundred sixty. And so that's season. what Kyle Hendricks has done since coming back from injury. He sat out almost all of June and July, and I think probably for a guy like that, it's good. He put on a lot of wear and tear last year. So basically, Long what season. we're seeing from Kyle Hendricks since he's come back is there's been questions about Lester. There's been questions about Arietta's health. He's pitched great. But this just kind of quells a lot of things. And it goes back to the point I think we made a couple weeks ago. To me right now, with the way the, the rotation is, if they did have to play the Nationals in the NLDS, which they likely will if they do go to the playoffs, I kind st- of start Hendricks game one. You start – how can you not start him game one? For all of the reasons I just listed about the timing, about the fact that he's pitching with confidence, you're going on the road. Everybody's going to be swing happy, looking to kill the ball because yeah. they're all juiced up. You start but, Kyle Hendricks game one, he'll spin that fucking lineup into circles. So we're not going to preview NLDS though yet. I can we do that? No. Hey, can, Please, let's, let's do that. No, 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 no. Okay, we won't. Okay, uh, Ozzy, what else? What else do we have on the topic for the Cubs? Just to put in Hendrick, just to put Hendricks in perspective, the past two calendar years, he's got the second lowest ERA in baseball. Pa- past two calendar years, yeah. What are who are? Can we just name so a Kershaw, couple names of starting pitchers? Clayton Sale. Kershaw. Chris Sale, Kluber, Corey Kluber, Max Scherzer, Arietta, Scherzer, Baumgartner, Mad Baum. Mm-hmm. He is kind of a bum, though. Do we and do we have information on Kyle Hendricks' salary this year? Do we? Because I have it right here at my fingertips. I'm going to guess five hundred eighty-five thousand, seven hundred and sixty thousand. He led the NL in ERA last year, so he got a he he did get a little bit of bump, so, but he's not making a million dollars this year. That's pretty good bang for your buck, right there. Little, Isn't it? If yeah. Kershaw's the only guy. Better than you in one category, then yeah, that's all right. And that's over two calendar years. That's impressive. So I would say that I would be surprised he is he is arbitration eligible. You got to extend Hendricks. Give him something stupid. Give him seven years and give him $60 million or something. Do the fucking Chris Sale plan. Buy out his Arb years. That's what I'm saying. He's got yeah. three Arb years coming up. Buy those fucking things out. Put him on a seven, eight-year plan. Yeah, give him six years, $60 million right there. Bang. Seriously. He gets his $10 million for Arb. I mean, he might get, get that anyways, to be honest, but guarantees him three years after that, regardless of you know performance, health, all that shit. So let's just talk a little bit about momentum, though, because I know we're like, I'm, I'm blowing Kyle Hendricks right now. You're on your knees, like, salivating at the sight of his dong. He deserves it. He does. I'm not going to say, but I hope it feels good for him because I'm enjoying it. But here's the, (laughs) without a doubt, the best thing about Kyle Hendricks as far as the last start goes on Saturday after following up Lackey. Obviously, John Lackey gets tossed. John Lackey then what? Has to be replaced by the bullpen. You get the bullpen going early. It's that fucks up your entire series, maybe. You're also on your the next day is Hendricks is Hendricks pitching. It's the fifth day in a, you know it's fifth game in a row. Like you need your starting pitcher. No one's telling the starting pitcher this. No one's going up to the starting pitcher in the clubhouse beforehand and going, "We need hey, six if, out of you." Yeah, if you want to go deep into the game, like could you go deep? Please don't go, get it. Please don't get deep. ejected. But let there be no doubt. That's every on, single person in the class yes. is like, Kyle, dude, if you could go fucking eight innings. Now, he didn't go eight. He went seven and two-thirds. But I, I, it's just there's the opportunity, and he takes advantage of it. It seems like every time Kyle Hendricks is presented with an opportunity, game 70 pitches balls off. He got like pulled early, too. presented with an opportunity, and the guy takes advantage of it. And so here's what I'm looking for for the Cubs. 
moving forward into the next couple games, Dave. How many games we got left on the schedule, Carl? 13. If, if we include tonight, it's 13. But, I mean, 12, it's what is it? It's 2-1 to one now. 2-1 to one against the Rays. But they got 12 games left after that. They've got a series with the Brewers. They've got a series with the Cardinals. They've got a series with the Reds. And I'd like to say that they play the next, well, tonight, and then they got the next nine games on the road. So they've thir- they got 13 games left, 10 on the road, three at home. The last three against the Cincinnati Reds, and I'm sure Joey Votto would love to play spoiler, but I don't give a fuck about that. I'm grinning ear to ear. I That's know you a are. Fucking it's driving me tough, absolutely nuts. Tough way to mm-hmm. end the year for playoff chase. Now, now as the season's coming to an end, and, and there's some considerations going into the playoffs that I'm interested in, Kyle Hendricks' leash needs to get longer. And, I mean, I think if he earned it on Saturday, then that's it. I, I think we have to stop this with Joel Madden being like, well, I don't want him to face a lineup for the fourth time or something or th- whatever. I feel like, obviously, there's also the fact that the pinch hitter and, you know, like. You don't want him to hit right. and all that shit. But the reality is Kyle Hendricks is now getting to the point where he should be telling Joe, take me out, leave me in, and Joe should just shut the fuck up and deal with it. It's the Joe show, though. Has he earned it? Hendricks that fucking it. Joe show, he cannot wait to tell pitchers off or players off or umpires off or put himself center of attention because he's an asshole. But he wants the – and I'm not going to – I'm just going to ignore that. But I think what Joe does, regardless of where he actually stands, is he makes that player feel like they are in control, like they are the man. Like, I'm going to let you be yourself. You go out and play. But really, you know Joe loves being the zany guy. He's a zany motherfucker, and I hate his guts mm-hmm. almost as much as I hate Ted Cubs fans. Okay, so we're going to ignore that as well. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is can we talk about Albert Elmore for a second? Do you mind, Dave? No, we. I think that should be, absolutely be a point of emphasis. I don't know how you have don't have him in the lineup every day with John Jay. He's a starting center fielder in 2018, and it just he's a starting center fielder in 2018. He's a starting center fielder, and he should be the starting center fielder right now. And they should they should not. They should just stop fucking with center field. And they should just give the position to him. Carl, it's game 149. What do you mean stop? Like, how can like this still be a fucking issue for that team? It's a joke. It's a joke, Carl. I'm saying because once you get to the playoffs, you cannot be playing roulette with the lineups. Right? Like, you can't, you can't get zany. Don't you want them it. to get some sort of, like, fluidity right now? Dude, I wanted fluidity back in May. Like I you wanted, did. I want, I've wanted continuity all season. When we hired Joe Madden, the chirpers on Twitter is like, you're, you're, you're going to hate this guy after a while. You're going to love him at first. You're going to hate him after a while because he's never going to get you in a consistent, smooth spot as a fan. You're just lineup, lineup, lineup is all different. And it's like, yeah, we'll see about that. They win the World Series. Yeah, Joe's a man. And it's like, wait, Joe. Him and his goofy ass glasses. You know, like now that, that Javi guy. Baez is like a legit All Star second baseman, middle infielder. It's like what, he couldn't play regularly at the start of the year. We couldn't get him more starts. I don't know. There's a lot of things. There's you know where I'm coming. Yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, point is, I want Albert Elmore now. I don't want it. I don't want him pinch hitting in the playoffs. I don't want him. Kyle Schwarber's your pinch hitter in the playoffs. He has to be. He has to be, unless it's a DH or some shit. Well, he's the left fielder in the playoffs. He's the starting. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's if it, it it comes down to him or Hayward, who do you want in there, in that lineup? Oh wow, good question. Is it down to him and Hayward though? It has to be for the better of the team. John Jay in left, Almora in center, 
Oh, I don't think or, John Jay starts okay. in the playoffs, unfortunately. No? No. He's he's done dog shit in the second half. Yeah. And, and really, I think what we've learned with John Jay is, yes, he's a professional hitter, but a lot of John Jay is, like, not a good thing. It's like chicken breast. Like, you know, like Tyson chicken breast in the freezer. Like, it's good for you. But if you're eating Tyson chicken breast out of the free, the frozen chicken breast, like, like you're going to get I know what cancer. Tyson chicken breasts are. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get there's problems in the long term of that. Like, you can't eat that shit all, all the time. It's fucking chemicals and all that stuff. Like, Almora, he's organic chicken breast. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, farm-raised chicken? Farm like, free-range? fucking-raised, Dave. They you know don't... what I'm saying? Yeah, I kind of get your analogy. It was kind of weird, but you I You think get so? It. Yeah, it was a little weird. You you can't have too much Almora is what I'm saying. Like, you you can overeat on John Jay. You're, you're going to grow, like, a third arm if you keep eating Tyson chicken breast, Dave. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I and said that's it was weird, a problem John Jay is going to give you in the play. Like, you just... He's just not explosive. When you get to October, I want explosiveness in the lineup since august 1st which is that's a good sample size right yes he's hitting 349 amora with the 900 ops when it counts most and that's ozzy that's not the wizard of oz that's the wisdom of oz love 349 since august 1st when it counts the most the other thing people talk about elmore is he's got the makeup and the intangibles he's a leader team usa captain is an underclassman this is a guy who doesn't there are not a lot of repeatable pedigrees like this in baseball this is a very unique guy. And so it's interesting to me. Here we are, August 1st. Everyone's ragging on the Cubs. Guy's fucking, guy's only opportunity. Just like Hendricks, Dave. Hey, can you wipe off your face? Why? Because you got a big old glob of jizz hanging down. I think it's Albert Almora's. Is it? Yeah. Hold on a second. Oh, yeah, it was. Salt. Fucking sick. The guy eats a lot of beef jerky. All right. That's, those are the three guys I need to talk about on the Cubs. We are ready to take some questions. We are taking questions, Dave. Andy, get them going, babe. All right, boys. If the Cubs don't bring back Arietta, which seems more probable than not, how are they going to have a rotation that can contend? Did he read that like an idiot, or is that just me? He paused properly. It was like Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Dave, what do you think? I've been saying this all year. I mean, that's why they had to give up Eloy Jimenez for George, by the way. Jose Contreras. George is a smart one. Lenny's a dumb one. Ah, oh, fuck. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. Quintana, it's a brother icing, Dave. Read a book once, Dave. All right. Quintana, yes, solves a piece of the puzzle. Quintana reduces the risk of the offseason because you know what you have with Quintana, allegedly, for the next couple of years. So there isn't pressure right now to go sign somebody for a big deal. So when you look at the free agency, you look at the pitchers that are going to be available this offseason, there aren't huge names. Probably the sexiest would be you, Darvish, I suppose. Maybe. I've said that the Cubs are going to sign him for, like, ever now. But I don't think they will because he's not a durable guy. I feel like if Theo's going to go sign somebody in the offseason market, it's going to be a durability-based guy that doesn't have a lot of risk attached to him. You, Darvish, is a risky player. You can get an, AL Cy Young, or an NL Cy Young candidate, but at the same time, you could also get 60 innings and a lot of pitches in those 60 innings. True. A name that came Point up taken. that I thought was interesting was Josh Tomlin. Josh Tomlin from the Indians. He's the perfect fucking Theo signing. Like, that is Theo to a T. Because I think they that's a guy who would definitely come in under market. Now, whether they get Josh Tomlin or not, I'm going to sit here and read through every fucking free agent from 2018. But I think what you're going to look for is a guy age 32, 33, coming off their actual post-arbitration contract. Yeah. Not, command heavy. Somebody who can go out, not f- blow up and pitch 4.1 innings, you know, like 
over several starts. Somebody's just going to go out there six innings. But the thing about Tomlin would would be the offense would consistently have a chance to win. Yeah. He's not going to shut He's a down. poor man, Jose Quintana. So, right whether, again, I'm not saying Josh Tomlin, I'm saying somebody like a Tomlin to come in and fill absolutely the fifth spot. And then Monty would kind of get the opportunity in spring training to be that fourth guy. If Monty can be the fourth guy, if Monty can be a starting pitcher, Monty would be a dominant starting pitcher, in my opinion. If he can start, if he can command the fastball. That's a tall task for him. It he is has a tall never task been able to do that. He's got a tough delivery to repeat the fastball. He does. A lot of moving parts. He drifts, which means sometimes he doesn't stay over the rubber, which means he has the tendency to leave the fastball over the plate. But fortunately, Monty Jones, he's got time to figure it out. But I don't see any big fireworks in the offseason. But if there's one guy you can trust to piece together a competitive starting rotation, it's Theo. It is Theo. And we just got done talking about Elmora. And I'm not saying there isn't a tr- trade package coming. I'm not saying Ian Happ might get traded this offseason. Everybody loves Ian Happ. Has anybody thought about the fact that this could be an extended trout for Ian Happ in the offseason to go land to be the – could you imagine if Ian Happ was the lead package in like a big trade? Every Cubs fan would say okay with that because you know Javi Baez is your second baseman. And then ultimately it's, well, is Ian Happ your right fielder? I can unequivocally tell you that Jason Hayward is a right fielder for this team until his contract's expired. What that if he opts out of it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's rich. And what you've seen with Schwarber in the second half – Hitting 250, having an OPS around 900. He's at 28 homers now. He'll get to 30. He'll reflect. You know, it'll be one of these things you look at Schwarber's year and you go, "Fuck, man!" If, if you he had could a good first that, half, yeah. If you could, cha- if you could have an average first half, we're not saying a good, as good as the second half. Is he having an just average, an okay one? Yeah. Right. Then the narrative around Kyle Hendricks of being the superstar is significantly more consistent. If the first half is average, but it isn't. Point is, though, there's a lot of pieces there that can still be traded. What about what about Addison Russell? Javi Baez played his way in a shortstop, or what about Javi Baez? The fact is we don't know. The fact is there's a need for pitching. And going back to Ozzy, your point, another piece of wisdom of Oz, it's fucking Theo. If somebody's going to find it, it's going to be Theo. Yeah, and like you said, they can trade from depth. They got a lot of, of it. It's major league depth. I don't know if Theo wants to subtract from the big league roster. And... I don't know. I still think they're going to sign Darvish. I just have that feeling. And as we speak, Yoan Makata is three for three. Pray for the goddamn league. All right, next question. Next question. Lay it How on has Yoan Makata played tonight? Going into tonight, we need 17 home runs to break the MLB home run record. What is the reasoning for all these home runs? Fucking third grader wrote that question. <laughs> so do they mean 17 more home runs for like, what do you mean? To break the league consensus home run for a year, we need 17 home runs. Consensus. Like for both leagues? For the, for the whole league as a whole. Did you know this? I did not know this. Apparently I'm not watching enough. Yeah, I knew a little bit about right it, but I, the question's worded awfully. Who, who sent that that's, in? That's Earache23. He's probably a real piece of shit. Pussy. Um, Dave, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's cool. I'd say a lot of it is because of analytics and scouting to the, like, a lot of, okay, old baseball adage was put the ball hard and on the ground. It was like a 100-year-old adage. Then you see the Bryce Harper, or not Bryce Harper's, Chris Bryant's. Their dad, his dad was a hitting coach, mm-hmm. scout, whatever he was, telling him, no, fuck that. Once you get to the higher levels, a routine ground ball's an out 10 times out of 10. 
Cubs final 5-2. Fucking hit the ball in the air and launch it to the goddamn moon. And yeah. now you're seeing a lot of, like, you know, bat path teaching how to get lift on baseballs. It's just a different way of approaching hitting now. Oh, so this is how the steroid era was able to exist for as long as it did because guys like Dave give opinions like that. Did you think it has to do with the launch angle? It definitely has to do with the balls, Dave. It definitely has to do with the balls. Like, the pitchers are just, they're fucked, man. They're absolutely fucked. Strikeouts are through the roof. By the way, Wisdom of Oz brought this up, and I'm going to let him say it because it's one of the most amazing things I've heard relative. If you like obscure baseball statistics, be prepared for this. Ozzy? So it's hard to understand this when I say it, but the past 10 years, the league has broken its own record for strikeouts per game. So, like, does that make sense? Yeah. So, for the last ten years, the average strikeouts per game, year after year, Major League Baseball has broken its own record, which obviously tells you who's going to break it. Fucking the NBA. No, Dave. But like in two thousand four, you understand? Yes, I understand. I so was making a joke. That, that was hilarious, Dave. We they we're in the business of making funny baseball podcasts. I appreciate that. The point though is the games change with the specialists, right? And the game has changed with how much goes into the pitching and the hit, like you were talking about with the scouting. That definitely is an advantage towards pitchers, in my opinion, than it is towards the hitter. I think it's 100% with the defensive alignments, all that shit. So obviously, Major League Baseball is staring down the barrel of its face of saying, we are about to enter the next dead ball era. And we can't make everybody take steroids, but man, was that good for business in the 90s. <laughs> Fuck yeah, right? it was. Man, is the NFL is just taking off? Is the NBA is taking off? And Major League Baseball is like, well, what do we do to get a piece of this action? Fucking shoot steroids up everybody's asshole. Two major things have changed this year, in my opinion. The first is Major League Baseball will literally let you use their content in any fashion on Twitter. I have not seen one suspension. I have gotten in. I thank God. One thing. Thank you, Ozzy. You've been able to make the Red Line Radio count pop this season. But Major League Baseball is literally trying to identify its fan friendly self. And part of the process is using juiced fucking baseballs. Those things are flying out. And I bet you're a 9-11 truther, truther too, Carl. <laughs> I'm not a 9-11 truther. This man, is quite the conspiracy theory. If you can put yourself in the interest of people that make decisions, and what interest do they have, Dave? Make money. the integrity of the game because anybody gives a fuck. So here, that. let me ask you this. I, I was just kind of being a dickhead to you because you're a fucking asshole. But in well, like but very well said, Dave. Forty years from now, when all these guys like Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Chris Bryant are on Hall of Fame ballots, are there going to be salty ass writers that have white hair and say, "Hey, these guys played in the fucking juice ball era"? What a great point, right? What a great point, Dave. Of all the bitching that goes on about steroid era, we're now in the juice ball era. My my retort to that is, I have no idea. I have absolutely – that is probably the smartest thing I've ever heard come out of your mouth. So I would actually – this – I hadn't thought about it in this fashion yet. I would like to get those, like, two guys from that Discovery Channel show, Myth, Mythbusters, to, like, legit test the baseballs because now I'm curious. Well, I mean, I don't – Can we have them on a podcast? Do, do you want them to test – we have the – yeah, we can get them on the podcast, of course. I mean, we could just get two baseballs from – Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that would be difficult, but I think the point is we have enough data – you, there's enough in front of us, Dave. So you want some data? So the only guys to ever hit 60 home runs in a season, Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, Maris. Okay. One of those guys didn't take steroids. 
and the only guy to on that's on pace to do it this year is Stanton. So the only clean guys to ever hit 60 home runs would be Stanton and Maris. Think about that. No, Stanton and Ruth. Stanton, debatable. A lot of people say that that Maris took steroids. That was like first, like horse steroids that they gave him to thoroughbreds because horse racing was big in the 60s. He didn't have a good career. No, he had the one year. Watch He's not a Hall of Famer. He wasn't taking steroids. Yeah, the, okay, uh, watch 61. No, but Ruth obviously wasn't because he was playing in the 20s and 30s. Yeah, but... but I, Different argument. I, and I don't even think we're in a position to comment on whether or not the players right now are, are engaging in performance-enhancing drugs. Because here's the thing, okay? Steroids have gotten better. Steroids have definitely gotten much more advanced. And if there's a, if I had a, if I had a bet on, like, who would be faster at adapting to MLB's testing policy? Like, is MLB building a testing policy faster and better than the people that are building performance-enhancing drugs. No chance. Not a chance so, in hell. I'm going to rattle off a few names right now, yes. and you're going to just reply yes or no, and it's going to be do they take steroids or not. Are these current players? Current players. Okay. Chris Bryant. No. Javier Baez. No. Probably. Wilson Contreras. Probably. No, and the reason I'm going to stumble on Wilson. Oh, yeah, see, you're fucking. You here's the reason why. And I want, no, contradicting no, 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 I'm not yourself right to now. i contradict myself here. Wilson Contreras came out of nowhere when he was a nobody. And what I'm talking about right now is the advanced type of shit that a guy like Bryce Harper is going to be able to get his hands on. That a guy like people are going to guys like Harper, like Trout, like Stanton. Like big time prospects and shit. Stan, like Wilson I don't, Contreras I don't think he was like a him. nobody third baseman for like five years toiling in the Cubs minor league system. And I don't think it was like if there, he was doing anything, it was going to be Andrew or Winstrol or just some bullshit that like Rafael Palmeiro could have gotten at the fucking corner store back in the nineteen ninety four. I mean, what about he was like fifteen years old, so he's had the talent always. I that's a very good point. He's Wilson, but I stumble with Wilson because of how explosive he is as a catcher. You you look at him, you are like Jesus fucking Christ. Maybe he's just a new aid catcher. What about Aaron Judge? Oh, that's a good question. The, the answer is always probably. I disagree. You're wrong. Completely and totally with everyone. So, like, pitchers are for sure. Like, pitchers, I think, are the are way bigger candidates and position players. Because when you're a position player, like, you know if you're a starter. Like, if you're, if you're a position player that's in the big leagues, like, your entire existence in minor league baseball as a regular position player in the big leagues has been, you've been hitting three in like every minor or leadoff or four in like every minor league lineup you've ever been in, you're not getting the big leagues and you're like, you know, well, I got to be doing starts. Now, obviously, there are guys like that, but I'm saying relative to pitchers, where pitchers, it's just such a crapshoot. Like, it's such a crapshoot. And I feel like if you're a position player, you can tell when you're just taking batting practice with your peers. Like, holy shit, these guys are putting balls on the moon. Right. And I can't even touch that. That backspin of these things. Well, I don't know. That I mean, has nothing to do with like, you know, a swing's bat path, launch angle, all that shit that is like very quantifiable by statistics now and taught to hitters. So you think, I think it's an evolution in the way that the game's taught? Yes. I think that there probably is, you know, an advancement in performance enhancing drugs, but I think you're putting, I think it's way more weighted heavily on how you swing a bat and so how you time a pitch like and how you approach an at bat. What I'm saying it is definitely 100% externally influenced. Yeah, absolutely. The perfect guy to study would be Daniel Murphy. Hey, now there's a guy that's like 
oh, I just have a great swing. I've just been working on my swing. It's only a matter of time until a guy like Daniel Murphy gets his – it's only a matter of time until a guy like Justin Turner gets his chance. It's only a matter of time until a guy like Josh Donaldson gets his chance. I feel like there's so many of these guys right now in baseball. This superstar, he was overlooked. Jose Batista, yeah, he was overlooked for the eight years he was in the Pittsburgh fucking Pirates organization. Blow me. Seriously. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, you know what he learned to do is he learned to cork his get the I bet fuck you you could go back to his to his two thousand and seven season with Pittsburgh and there would be a extreme, extreme difference in how he swung then and how he swung now. You could pull up that video easily. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that has anything to do with the fucking steroids that he took, Dave. It's not steroids, but you can just see the way the game is changing by the rookie class. You've got Hoskins, Hap, um, Bellinger. Strikeout Matt, heavy, Matt Olsen, guys. Strikeout heavy, and they're all hitting bombs. Just fits the narrative. It does. It fits the narrative. But it goes back to what I'm saying, Dave. I think 100% the balls are juiced. I'm going to put a little bit on the fact that I do think performance-enhancing drugs have gotten advanced to the point where, like, Whatever MLB is testing for is stuff that they were trying they're to turn a the blind league. eye again. They're gonna. Well, I don't think they're turning a blind eye. I just think whatever they're prepared to test against is stuff that was relevant. Like they reacted to performance enhancing drug usage that was going on in the blatantly in the early two. I mean, mid nineties, early two thousands, into that. Like, so what the testing policy to me is just it's outdated, and I just feel like this. You know, like science, man. Science fucking wins, Dave. Does it not? I don't know, but hopefully the Cubs don't win. Why? Because I fucking hate them and their fans and their shitty stadium and that entire part of town. I fucking hate them. Perfect. So I hope the Cubs win. I also hope that you, the listener, gets an opportunity to go over to redlineradioshow.com. Go to shop. Dave, we have some merchandise there. Do we not? We do. And it's fire merchandise. It is the hottest Rickon Theo Epstein shirts money can buy. 